Welcome in to the Solving for B podcast, where we break down the most important topics in the branding and marketing world. In this week's episode, we'll discuss brand belief, how to create it, and why it's important. So settle in and enjoy the inaugural episode of Solving for B with Brand Extract. Hello, welcome to the Brand Extract podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today we've got some real heavyweights in the studio, the founders of Brand Extract. We've got Chairman Jonathan Fisher. Hello. And Bo Bodie, President and CEO. Hi, Jeff. Also joining us is Chris Jones, Senior Designer and critical author of much of the visual expression of the brands we build here. Hello. <laughs> I'm Jeff Lane, a writer and, uh, and your moderator today. So today we're going to talk about something that has been on the minds and the lips of everyone here at BE lately, and that is the idea of belief and how important uh, that is in the realm of branding. Uh, so just to level set for our listeners, um, when we're talking about a brand, a brand is not something you own, but rather something you manage. It's the perception of you held by your customers, your investors, your all of your audiences. So given that, why do we think belief in a brand is important? And anybody can start. Well, I think the difference between knowing and believing, you know, you can know something and it may or may not be factual, but you can have knowledge of it, right? And I think belief just takes that to a level that is just larger. It's uh, subconscious, if you will, versus the conscious. Um, it's emotional. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to, you know, believing in a brand, uh, it becomes almost cult-like, religious-like in that sense. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a sports fan. Yeah, you become a raving fan, you become part of the tribe, you become a member of the organization. And And it's not always logical, right? It's it's, uh, it's not always logical, right? So it's both left and right brain, you know, it's connection there. And so I think that's the difference for me between knowing and believing. When people need to get the information they need, so so knowing is that, right? The factual things you have to know. But the believing part is that is, is kind of what motivates you to want to know. Um, to want right. to buy in to what's going on. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, if you know God exists or you know that the facts are true, well, okay, that's great. But if you really believe in it, you might get behind it more. You might buy in more. You might spend more time with it. That That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Chris, do you have anything to add about that? I mean, I know that when you're... Uh, Authenticity is an important thing, and when we're talking about you know brand concepts and making creative decisions, you know you're you want to say, well, yeah, this we want to we want to go with this because that's who these people are, and sometimes oh we don't want to make that decision because that's not who they are. Is there is there something you want to add about that? Well, it's sort of belief is trust. You know, if you trust in someone to to deliver on what they say they're going to do, um, and you know, people are very emotional. You know, when driven by emotions, and so belief really taps into that. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So let's talk a little bit more about that knowledge and belief thing, because um, I can know that something's uh, the most expensive, or I can know that something has more iron in it than its competitors, or I can know that. Uh, uh, that there are more options here, but belief is, you know, well, yeah, what makes you what makes you spend more on an Apple product than a Samsung product? And never mind that Samsung blows up. But um, <laughs> what makes you what makes you buy more, you know spend more for a type of car or mm-hmm. a type of shirt? You know, I mean, maybe the shirt lasts a little bit longer, uh, but things have gotten to the point where they're they're so throwaway that 
you know, unless you spend a lot of money on something, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost everything's replaceable. So what is it that makes you buy that Carhartt, you know, jacket or the, right. you know, the Nike shoe? Or wait in line around the block for, for the newest thing, even yeah. though you don't, you don't know if that new thing's going to work yet or not, right? right? But you believe that it is. Or right? for barbecue. Or for <laughs> I mean, barbecue. That's right, the crazy exactly. thing, right? Something that's that consumable. And it's just that you believe that it's better. You, you, it's not just knowing that it's better. It's something deep down in you that makes that happen. And I think that, you know, along with that, it's that sometimes that belief is that you are now connected with that product or that mm-hmm. brand association. So right. there is, you know, the concept of status and eliteness that you, by drinking that Starbucks coffee, you're now part of a cooler club or whatever it might be. So I think that's, that's another component that, that you have so to consider personal. in this process. It's, it's personal. Yeah, you become connected with it. You know, I'm, I'm that much cooler if I drive this type of car or this type of, you know, clothing product or I'm going to be that much more successful in my career if I take this, this class or go to this school, whatever it might be. So there's an association that comes along mm-hmm. with this factor of belief that I think you have to consider in the process. Right. Well, I mean, I would say, you know, the, I think the food, waiting in line for food thing is a good example, too, because, you know, these people wake up and they get out there at 730 in the morning to get in line for barbecue and wait for hours. And it's because they believe that that experience is going to be worth it. Um, and they, they, it taps into something else. And maybe they want to say, hey, I'm, right. I'm one of those people that yeah. is willing to do that. Right. It says something about who Yeah, I went to XYZ that. barbecue because, uh, you know, and that makes me, and to Jonathan's point, you know, my, one of my, my accounting professor at, at school said, you know, three things an MBA always has to do. They have to know their formulas. They have to walk in with their Wall Street Journal under their arms. And this is pre-phone. Wall Street Journal on your phone, and and they have to carry their Starbucks cup, and, and the Starbucks cup and the Wall Street Journal, the, the knowledge, the knowing were the formulas, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to know that to do the job, mm-hmm. but the, the Wall Street Journal and the Starbucks was just to say, look, I'm really cool, or I'm <laughs> I'm smart, you know, or I have money, or I use my money wisely, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just to Jonathan's point about association, you know, uh, in religion, there's iconography. You know, all those kinds of things you associate with mm-hmm. um, that make it a deeper relationship with a product, service, or even a person. Right, right. I mean, you, you can believe that, I mean, some people will have that belief because they know it's reliable. Mm-hmm. I know I can count on this. Right. You know, or it's also, you know, this brand gets me, right? I mean, right. It, it, it understands me and, and wants me to be included. So then I feel, you know, I've got a belief there, a connection right. there. Um Maybe it's because they're doing good things. This brand does good things. Can we talk about that? Is there a, you know, there are some brands that, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to support this company because I know they're out there donating something. Was it, is it, uh, who's the shoe company? The Tom's. Tom's. Tom's shoe. Okay. Right. You know, so yeah. maybe they believe in that, you know, and, and, but, but each one of those things are a little bit different. I guess it's a little bit different for everybody, would you say, or mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you want to associate with or what you personally believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, has to align um, with those, you know, those kinds of values. I mean, if if somebody's punching holes in the earth and drilling oil, you know, drilling for oil, and you don't believe in that, it, it's hard to really get behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, others who focus more on the engineering and love kind of solving that kind of problem, that's something they can get behind. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's there. there's something inside of all of us um, that that bridges the gap between knowledge and belief and the brands that tap into that for who you are as a person. I mean, that's what we try and do with a lot of the brands we work on is we're trying to make it personal and we're trying to make it custom. 
to who they are as an organization so they can attract the best people and they can attract the right people um, to their cause. Um, let's talk a little bit about that because um, that's what we do, right? We're, in a sense, we, we're using the sort of the term, we make believers. I mean, but really, the people out there, they already have something inside them that's going to make them connect already. And our job is to help a brand, a company, uh, tap into that. And so can we talk a little bit about the process of making believers or the things that we do, uh, you know, that whether it's tactics or strategy, um, it's finding that thing that already exists a lot of times, isn't it? I think, you know, starting by looking at what are the touch points to the brand? How are those beliefs being formed? Are they consistent? Are they inconsistent? Um, you know, do they deliver on the promise, to Chris's point a minute ago? Um, and so once you understand where those connections are and you can kind of help the client visualize how those connections are formed um, through their interactions, through their messaging, through their experiences digitally, socially, whatever it might be, then you're able to sort of, you know, understand where the gaps are, <clears throat> fill those, or understand where some of the value is that's hidden and buried and then leverage it, surface it. And then just strengthen that entire customer journey and process for them. And that's part of the process to creating that level of belief. Right. Right. I think so like an example of that is if you are a CEO and you set the values of your company um, and you then kind of don't bring that into, say, your hiring practices. So you may end up hiring people who don't necessarily correspond with your values. Well, then a customer may interact with that employee that you hired and it's not reinforcing those core beliefs of what you say you value. And then you've kind of damaged your brand. Yeah, well, and then you have to deal with the consequences of that, right? I mean, right. if somebody comes into an organization and they don't fit, you have to do that, make the hard decisions, or they cause it's a lot to train them up and then they leave, mm -hmm. you know, or you have a customer that you've tricked into buying a product um, that they think you want them to buy, but the reality is that it's not a good fit for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to greater returns, you know, bad reviews, and all those kinds of things come when, when we're not honest about who we are and we don't develop a system, to Chris's point, um, that protects us, you know, from people that don't align, you right. know, with who we are as a company. Right. Now, uh, you said something, Jonathan, about hidden value, because I know we've come across mm. uh, clients before who um, they think they make this thing or these things, and then through our process, we discover that, um, well, actually, they do a lot more than they're even talking about. Maybe they've, maybe they've thought about some of those other things that they do, but they, they bring more to the table, and sometimes they don't even see that. And, and then we sort of, it's our job to kind of help them understand that. And then there's the, the next step, which is making them believe it and willing to act on it. Yeah, there are things that people do that are invisible in their everyday process, and because they work in their company, they just take it for granted, right. and they don't realize sometimes that servicing it, calling it out, um, creating an infographic, whatever it might be, a value chain visual around it, can help customers truly understand that difference that you bring to the marketplace. You know, if everybody's using the same words, you know, quality and service and integrity, well, they, they all have these sort of generic but yet personal meanings to whoever they're talking to. Your level of quality may not be my level of quality. Mm -hmm. So how do I then truly understand the difference for what's right. there. And so that's that's part of the process is stepping back and looking at what you're doing, how you're doing it. And if you can, you know, changing the playing field so that they're no longer even necessarily focused on particularly on the generic of quality. They're focused on something very specific to them. 
Well, and the whole reason brand extract exists, I mean, Jonathan was it, that. There's a point where somebody says, "Well, the market, the market's buying fast, so we need to look fast." And we got as designers, Jonathan and I, got really tired of making things look fast. But when you're talking to the client, it's a bunch of 90-year-old people hand sewing something. Mm-hmm. That type of company's never going to be fast, right. you know. And so what we've been able to do is we call people on it. We say, look, you're not a fast company, but to to what Jonathan's point about finding things in the white space, you know, this is what you do, and this is why people buy your product, and this mm-hmm. is why people engage with you, and this is why they want to work with you. Let's talk about that in a different way. I mean, people want to differentiate in the way they look, mm-hmm. and it's killing me right now. You know, when I watch people, everybody wants to be so different in the way that they, you know, mm-hmm. color their hair or they mm-hmm. have shocking or something like that. Well, but is right. that true to who they are? You know, and, and is that really who they are and who they want to be and want how they want to be perceived? Mm-hmm. Um, those are things that brands seldom, you know, they, they seldom think about themselves that way. You know, the companies, right. you know, to Chris's point about values, you know, it's hard to align everything you do around the core values that you have. It's hard work, you know. How but you do you do it? Right, and so you got to believe in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to mm-hmm. hire and you got to get people to believe in those things, or get people that just have a tendency to believe in those right. things. Right, because and you guys are t- uh, touching on this. It isn't really always, and maybe most often, it's not just what you do or you make, but how you do it and how you make it, how you present it, mm-hmm. how you. Uh, share that with someone, right? right? I mean, it's it's some of those things that are that are critical because that says who you are, right? I mean, so that's uh, that's yeah, really I mean, critical. You can put service promises, guarantees, um, you know, discounts together, whatever it might be. You can start to then leverage whatever it is that you uncover differently for the consumer, mm-hmm. and then that helps them understand. Okay, well, you're you're claiming that you're this much better and now you're backing it up in these ways, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so that becomes even more of a proof point to that promise at that point. Well, and I, you know, Chris talked about something really good and I'd love for him to expand on it a little bit about truth. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it has to be true to who you are and again, how a brand expresses itself is a big piece of that. Yeah. Authenticity. It, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be authentic. I mean, you 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 can't not be uh, you can't deliver something in one way um, that's, that doesn't reflect who you are. Right. right. I mean, so now I know we make a lot of those decisions. I mean, like, it, but it but it's very specific too. It's not just you know delivering the product. I mean, I, we have a, all these decisions like what what type font are we going to use? What right. photo style are we going to use? And and those decisions are important. They right. Need to reflect. Uh, well, and so I guess you know we have clients that will come in and they'll say, you know, I want to look like Apple or I want to look like this or like that. But it's like, okay, well, you may want to look like them, but do you really know what that means? You know, is it clean? Is it dirty? You know, do you do you show up to your meetings in suits or do you show up to your meetings in jeans? You know, I mean, there's all these kind of questions you can ask people and get into and try to figure out, you know, who are they really and are they dressing appropriately and does a brand look like and sound like who they really are versus trying to copy who was already out there being successful. Yeah, they say they care about the environment and. You know, <laughs> Right, You'll see exactly. where are the recycling bins, or <laughs> yeah. what is your sustainability policy, or right. you know, you start asking questions and you mm-hmm. dig a little deeper, and and it's just kind of lip service that mm-hmm. they paid to the the position because somebody told them it was better for their business valuation, or 
or they thought it was the trendy thing to do at the time, or uh, they didn't realize that it would be operationally difficult to do it, so they stuck it on a poster somewhere and then forgot about it. You know, right. uh, you see quite a bit of that. And that, that gets into the belief and the trust and the, why it's all so important, because you know if you do that and then you get kind of caught making these bad decisions, or not bad decisions, but these decisions that don't align with what you say you're doing, I mean, it's so much easier to get caught now because of social media and just the amount of communication we have that you can't really kind of shovel some of this under the rug anymore. You know, if you don't live and breathe what you say you're doing, it'll people will find out, and then that erodes the belief in what your company says you're going to do. Yeah, I think that that's, that's one of the biggest things that's changed you know, most recently, is that it used to be, you know, we, we joke about this, and you put the, the beautiful woman with the, t- the shiny toaster on an ad, and, and that was the brand. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, I believed that, right. because it's on paper, and it's in a book, and it must be true. And it might look like me, or how I want to look. Or how I want to look, right? And today, it's so easy to individualize and it's so easy to get feedback, and it's so easy to find somebody that doesn't agree or does agree. And I think that that's probably the next big, from a belief standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, to really believe in something. You know, there's always somebody that's going to have a, a, an opposite view or position, mm-hmm. and that takes conviction, you know, which is right. probably another thing we can talk about in another podcast. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's one thing to know. It's another thing to believe. It's another thing to just follow through and do it. Yeah, I think... Right. People are going to call you on it, right? Three, four, five decades ago, the world was a very different place. Mm -hmm. But today, in the last two decades, or two and a half, you know, it's, you can't hide anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The truth is going to come out. And authenticity has to be there at every level of the organization, from the top down to the field operations, to the customer touch points, to the merchandise and the quality of the product or the service. Um, those pieces have to be connected. And that's, you know, if they're not, you're not going to reach that level of belief. Right. Now, um, we've, we've got a great uh, portfolio of clients. Um, and, you know, from my point of view, I feel like we're able to make those uh, or, or help those clients believe in, um, in themselves and believe in their brand. And so they've, been, they've responded pretty well. What would you say is... What would you attribute our success or, or our client's success, uh, how we've been able to uh, align those things and how they've been able to buy into belief and, and, and make it happen? What, do you, what would you attribute uh, that to? I think, we, I think we actually tap into who they are, mm-hmm. and I think we're strong enough as an organization to say, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, they don't believe that, and that's unfortunate. It's not often. Right. Uh, because of the research we do, and we come back to them with really good data mm-hmm. on why it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in many cases, that's I think that that's the difference, mm-hmm. you know, is is really getting them to own it. And I think the second piece is we're really good at getting other people in the organization to buy in, giving something that's giving them some message that's adoptable. Mm-hmm. Now it's not rocket science. It's pretty right. easy when you know that the whole organization believes something. Right. They can they can get on it. It's that that flipping the switch to get them to understand mm-hmm. it, why it's valuable for them to be a certain way. When you, when you use data science techniques and quantitative and qualitative research methodologies and voice of the customer, it's very hard for somebody to sit there and go, oh, 
yeah, no, but I don't care or I don't believe that. <laughs> right. yeah. let, let me show you the hundreds of verbatims from your clients that right, say this right. is true. And so right. if you want to change their perception or their reality, you're going to have to change your reality mm-hmm. as much as anything else. You're going to have to do something differently, respond faster or put some technology in place. You know, So um, I think that's it. It's, it's from an agency's perspective, we look at it, as a business first, and we look at it as an operational promise. And then we move into the creative realm Mm -hmm. so that we're not allowing those disconnects to exist. The worst thing we can do for somebody is to just take them at their face value, Mm -hmm. you know, and not test the theories, not challenge the marketplace on it. And so for us, you know, it's a little bit of management consulting and it's a little bit of agency creative. And I think it's that hybrid in the middle where you find the reality for us that works the best. Yeah, and a little psychology and uh, therapy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, what would you say is the is there a and this is kind of an open question? What would you say the biggest challenge to convincing a, a customer, a, one of our clients, um, to believe in something or to believe in something they didn't know about themselves until now, until we've talked to them? Is there Biggest challenge, um, inertia, mm-hmm. history, I guess so. politics. Yeah. Politics. Been doing something for yeah. decades one way. Yeah, and yeah. They can know, they can know it's right for them, but they won't. They still won't adopt it because of the politics involved mm-hmm. in the organization. Uh, That's something that we see. I've had clients call me back nine, ten years later, ecstatic to tell me they finally changed something because you know so and so left or the yeah. marketplace turned around and they couldn't mm-hmm. be they couldn't be more excited to say we finally got to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. I mean, I'll. Be honest, though, I don't think we see it that often. Right. Yeah, you know, I right. think in many cases, you know, when they when a client comes to us, they know that they, there is some sort of confusion around w- what they believe or what others believe about them. Right. Um, and when we do show them the verbatims, when we go through the process of talking to their people, mm-hmm. and we give them what their people say and and how they differentiate in the marketplace and what their customers are telling them, and in some cases what their shareholders or investors are really concerned about, right. it's pretty easy to develop a message. I think the, the hardest part to get it adopted is to then communicate that to an entire organization. It's fine when it's a 20-person or 30-person organization, but to get all the people at Marathon to you know, pull the red M out of their hands, their cold, dead hands, they said, you know, mm-hmm. when they switched my logo or... You know, to get all the people across the world at GSE, you know, to get behind that orange color and, mm-hmm. and change the, the hat that they were wearing. Um, you know, or in some cases, you know, companies that were struggling for long periods of time to get them to buy into a new vision, you know, for the organization. Mm-hmm. You know, that takes belief. That takes working with the right people at the right times closely to get them to buy in, to then share it with others. Um, and that's where simplifying a message, simplifying the story, makes makes belief easier. Okay. I'd say the second part of that challenge is that once they do buy in, once they do believe, the next challenge you have is getting them not to shortchange the process. 
They, they're like so excited they want to just jump to the finish line. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, we don't need that. We can just skip deploying this brand to the, the employees. We'll just launch it publicly. Right. Uh, wait, time out. <laughs> you know, I think getting them to slow their roll just a little bit. And, well, it's great and, that they're excited. It is. They're often really excited once they, once they buy in. But then right. getting them to follow the process that you right. know is proven to work over and over again, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that can be some of the challenges for that. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, well, Brand Extract has a brand, right? What do you What do we believe about BE? What's the thing that we believe the most about BE? Anybody? Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Yeah, I think I think we do a really good job of, you know, our mission. You know, we inspire people to create, transform, and grow. But um, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's our job to make the right decisions and to help our clients make the right decisions. Um, and if we need to have a hard conversation, we need to have a hard conversation. And if they need to have hard conversations in there, to Jonathan's point about the next step, they need to have hard conversations. It's our job to help them have that, to give them the fuel or the words or the information they need or the skill that they need to do that. That's the only way that these types of things, Mm -hmm. projects work. Um, So that would be my, that would be my belief point, I guess. Well, I mean, definitely our core values, and, and right. do the right thing is is on one is one of those critical core values. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, having grit, you know, which is what it takes to get it done. Sometimes mm-hmm. you've got to move mountains um, to get the things, whatever they might be, done and because of the timetable, because of a budget issue, because of politics, whatever it might be. That fortitude is just kind of critical uh, to the right. process, and so when we give somebody our word. Um, it's good, and we're going to do it no matter what. Right. And so we talk a lot about being all in, you know, here. And mm-hmm. and so we've worked hard to select a group of people that, you know, believe passionately in this process, um, and they will go to the mat and, you know, do what it takes to help that client win. Yeah, I, I know that uh, the people here, you know, believe in what they're doing and they're passionate about it. None... Uh, any more than Chris, uh, who's very passionate about design and, and uh, very thoughtful about your process uh, when you're when you're building these brands. So uh, I know you believe. Right. Well, so I was gonna say acting with heart. <laughs> right. You know, but it's you know we we do act with heart and we do everything we can to try and help our clients go as far as they can. Uh, and we're just really passionate about it. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's you know a very corporate company or kind of a nonprofit. I mean, we. We care that we're trying to help them grow and succeed, and uh, you kind of have to have that heart backed with the grit because <laughs> sometimes it's tough. But uh, you know, we we just try really hard and well, believe. We, we did say at the top that um, you know uh, there's an emotional uh, component to belief, and uh, so that passion is uh, is what's going to help drive it. Um, well, I think the, that covers what we were talking about uh, today, uh, uh, belief and believing in your, your brand and your company and believing in each other. And so uh, I want to thank, uh, thank you all for being here, Bo, Jonathan, Chris. Uh, this was uh, enlightening for me, and I hope it was for our listeners as well. So uh, we'll sign off. Thanks again for joining us for our inaugural episode of the Solving for B podcast. We hope that you found it insightful, and we want to remind you to be on the lookout for more episodes every few weeks. And also to check us out at brandextract.com for even more insights into the branding world. 
Again, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Solving for B podcast with Brent Extract.